Rise. What's up, guys? It is Monday, Monday night. Uh, my name is Rick again. If you guys don't know who I am, I am the Rick and Flip with Rick. You are on the Rick in channel. And tonight we are going to talk about <laughs> not football. We're going to talk about how to get your it together for wholesaling. And you know what? I've been doing this for like 20 years. And honestly, this is probably one of the most relative uh, videos. I'm sorry, not videos, live streams I've ever done. And what I want to do is, is just cut through the 20 years of what really works in wholesaling and what you need to get started in this business. Cause a lot of times we get started in the mechanics and all the softwares and, and all the services we use, which don't get me wrong, makes your life easier, but I'm going to really simplify it today and tell you, listen, if you're already started, you've already been up and running for, for this year, or you've never done a deal, I'm going to give you a simplified checklist of just five items. And if you don't understand how to master this part of it, I almost guarantee you are going to have major, major issues. And here's the best part. I've experienced every one of these. I've been through it at one phase or another in my 20 years. And my goal today is to help you um, with your mind thinking on how to get into wholesaling. <clears throat> there's so many distractions out there. There's so many, uh, there's so many YouTube videos and everything. And for the most part, it's great. And, and it gets you guys excited, gets you in the wholesaling. And I'm fine with that. But once you commit, once you're all the way in, once you have a belief and a conviction and you go all in, you know, what is it that most wholesalers stray away from? And I'm just going to go through the basics on it. But I'm telling you, it's never been more true today, right now, in this current market than ever. So don't skip this. So I'm going to take like 15 minutes to go over it. And then I'm going to jump on and do live. So if you've never done a live in the comment, uh, up in the comment pinned to the top, it's real simple. Just click that link. You just wait in line. You don't have to go on video. I don't care um, if, it, if it's more interactive for you, then great. And then what we do is we talk to try to help you out. We, we, and my goal is to look for solutions for you. So complaining is not going to help you out. It's definitely not going to help me out. So bring an open mind for a solution and hopefully we can help you out. There's no charge for anything I'm doing today. It's 100% free. So either use it or lose it. And guys, I don't even care if you've never done a deal before. This is the time that you can interact with me. I love using this technology because I'm not going to waste your time in seminars and plane flights and hotel rooms and give you the big pump and dump where the only way you can learn from me is leave $10,000 in the credit card swipe. So there's a lot of that going on. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But guys, wholesaling is a basic real estate investing tool, um, skill set more, more or less. And once you master it, the really cool part is you can pretty much dominate real estate because you buy properties cheaper than anybody else on the market, cheaper than an agent, cheaper than anybody. So once you master this skill set, the, the, the world's wide open to you for real estate. You can, you can fix and flip, you can buy and hold, you can invest in notes, you can do creative financing. But the fundamental is you have to master wholesaling first. Okay. I didn't say creative financing. I didn't say note buying. I didn't say any of that other stuff, especially Airbnb. Wholesalers dominate this market because they have a skill set so much higher than anyone else's. There's a huge trend. Everyone's trying to go around it and give you a cheat sheet. And we're going to talk about that today. So if you guys will give me 15 minutes, I will jump on here and share my little training. 
Um, and we'll go for that. So if you guys like the content, do me a favor. Give me a thumbs up. Let's get excited. I know it's Monday night, but dude, I actually love this stuff. I don't know the difference between Monday and Saturday night. So um, if you want to learn that philosophy and learn how wholesaling does it for you, you're definitely in the right place. So let me jump on here. I got this somewhere here. And so guys, use the comments. You can introduce yourself. Tell me what market you're in. The reason I added this channel, so you guys know I do the uh, Flip with Rick on Thursday and Fridays, and you guys know my son, Zach. We go live six days a week. The point is so we can get more interactions and help out more people because the minute I go live on Thursday and Friday nights, it's almost full in the first two minutes. I kind of feel bad. So I hope a lot of people after hours, I don't show you guys those video because I just lose my ego. I want to help out as many people as possible and... Uh, I don't care if you've never done a deal before or not. So let's jump into it. Um, by the way, first of all, if you have never, ever, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go, man, this guy's crazy. He's talking about wholesaling. Check it out, dude. I guarantee you everything I teach is for free. Um, as I said, I believe it is a basic skill set, like learning your ABCs. You should be charged five and 10 grand to do this skill set. And for people to tell you, oh, it's, it's, you know, but you get accountability with my program. Dude, you got accountability right here. Just come online and uh, I'll hold anybody who wants to be accountable. At the end of the day, it's, it's always up to you. So go to freewholesaling.com. Me and my son teach a course. It is the most thorough, the most used wholesaling course. Over 50,000 people are using it as we speak today. And they're all happy. They're not getting uh, up charges. And my goal is to have you be successful. And you don't need a ton of money to get started in wholesaling, but you got to have a great attitude. And we're going to go over the basic skill sets to get started today. So without further ado, let's jump into it. So for simplicity of this conversation today, because I'm not going to make it long because I'd rather talk to you guys. We're going to be employing the KISS method. So that's just short acronym for keep it, keep it simple, stupid. And that's how I operate. The more complicated you make wholesaling, the more at risk you are of failing, okay? If you get too many moving parts in wholesaling, you will fall apart. So whenever somebody tries to give you an advanced complex thing, you have to simplify it. And that's how we're gonna break it down today. So I'm gonna show you five critical things you must master in wholesaling and honestly in life in general, but without it, you probably will falter in wholesaling. So I want you to go ahead and take, uh, take note of it. So we're gonna keep it super simple. By the way, you don't need to write this stuff down unless you're the type of learner that needs to write it down. This is all recorded. You can refer back to it. So it's really simple. Okay. Number one and foremost, if you don't understand this first one, you need to learn this. Go over to freewholesaling.com. I'll drive it through your head and then jump on any of our lives six days a week and you'll hear this constant, constant theme. We're in the business of locating motivated tellers. That's it. If you understand that concept, if somebody ever asks you, hey, what does a wholesaler do? We seek out motivated sellers and help them out. That's it. Don't complicate this. Listen, if you ever talk to a wholesaler and they give you this long-winded, complicated answer, just stop them. We buy, yeah, we buy distressed property. That's part of it. But honestly, if you don't find a motivated seller, don't even worry about buying the distressed property. It's never going to work. So we buy properties from people that need to sell their house as opposed to people that want to sell their house. And I want you to always keep that forefront. I've been doing this 20 years. Honestly, 
the best, best deals I've ever gotten in wholesaling are always from motivated sellers. The only time I ever got in trouble is when I went outside of wholesaling and just started trying to buy regular stuff. And if you're going to buy it based on numbers alone, you're going to get killed in this business. So seek out people's motivation. If you don't know how to do it, go over to freewholesaling.com. We teach you uh, a secret little acronym for qualifying customers, MCTP. That's motivation, condition, time frame, and price. And we teach you how to ask them in logical questions so you can get information to find out if there's a motivating factor. So you're probably saying, Rick, what's, what's a motivating factor? I don't understand. So if someone needs to sell, that means they have to sell within a fixed amount of time frame, usually within 90 days, sometimes as short as a couple weeks or 30 days. But loss of jobs, a big one. Um, um, sometimes people pass away. I mean, that's just human nature. Uh, grandma, grandpa. Um, sometimes it's horrific, but it is a part of life. Some people want to downgrade. Some people want to upgrade. Some people are just really, really bad landlords. Okay, I've been one of them. I'm a terrible landlord. I don't like to do landlords. Any of the properties owned, I always have somebody else manage it because I'm just too nice to tenants. And if you're like me, that can get you in trouble. So these things are endless. There's people that can't pay their mortgage. The house gets foreclosed on. There's probates. Guys, it is endless. Owning a, a, any type of property, as you guys know, it's a huge responsibility and sometimes life gets in the way. And when that happens, wholesalers fill this particular need. So for us as wholesalers to be successful, we have to find people that need to sell their property. The people that want to sell their property are typically going to sell it on their own or with a realtor. And honestly, if you try to do wholesaling with the people that want to sell, you're going to drive yourself bananas. So make sure you seek motivation first. It is the core of what we do in wholesaling. And don't ever forget that. Okay, that's number one. Number two, use a simple CRM. And a CRM stands just for basically a customer relations management. It's just a computer uh, piece of software that helps you manage people. You can use a lot of free versions. My recommendation is just use Podio. You can use a free one until you get it up and running. The max you're ever going to pay is like 12 bucks a person per month. That's it. Don't complicate this. I don't care what mode somebody tells you CRM is until you are transacting on like five to $10 million of real estate minimum. You do not need these high paid priced CRMs. Most of them are really designed for realtors, not for wholesalers. The main reason you use it is so you can follow up with customers and keep your paperwork organized. That is it. There's no CRM in the world that is going to find motivated sellers for you. It's physically impossible. You guys are being sold this like crazy right now. Do not follow that because I'm telling you, it. a CRM is just to help you manage your customers. That's it. So, so many of the CRMs I see right now is like, we'll find this, we'll do this for you. We'll find people that are motivated. A computer can't do that. It can point you in the right way through lists and stacking, but it's never just going to, you're never just going to come home one night and there's a duplex sitting in your driveway. It just doesn't work. So be mindful of it. Simplify your CRM. For the first three years, I actually did a paper file CRM and I was highly successful. So a CRM is not going to make or break you. It just helps you when you get busier and when you get employees or other people that access your company, then you have to step up and spend just a little bit of money, not never a ton of money. I'm seeing programs out there for anywhere from a thousand to $5,000 upfront fees and a hundred to $500 a month. Guys, you don't need any of that. It is not going to help you in wholesaling. 
everyone's just trying to get in your back pocket. I'm just telling you, it is not going to find motivated sellers for you and is definitely not going to sell the properties like that for you. There's software out there telling you they can do everything for you. It's at some point there has to be a human involved. That's you. Don't ever fall for this. I'm here to tell you really keep your CRM simple. Okay. Here's the big one. Number three, and this is probably the biggest one everybody misses. Okay. You're going to have to take massive action every day. And if you're starting out, sometimes you have to do it six, seven days a week. The first three years, honestly, I lived, eat and breathed wholesaling. I was obsessed. Like everything I did was about contacting as many customers as I humanly possibly could to see if anyone was motivated to sell their property. And all I did is I hunt like a rabid dog. It was like foam coming out of my mouth because it, I got to be honest with you, it was hard in the beginning, but I'm telling you, it pays off. Okay. This is definitely not a get rich quick scheme. Honestly, if you're here for that, you're probably at the wrong place. So I'm here to tell you is you have got to take massive action. Notice I didn't say you need to watch 36 videos and watch them over and over for a two year period. It's not going to help you. You can read all the manuals you want. The really cool thing about wholesaling the business is I find most people are wildly successful that actually take a ton of action and study. So remember, if you just study, it's not going to teach you how to do the business. It's going to teach you the direction, the point, but at some point you got to take that bow and arrow and you got to shoot that arrow. Okay. I've never met a marksman. Someone shooting an arrow sat there, watch video and read books and never fire an arrow for two years and go out there and hit the bullseye. It's physically impossible. So I don't know why you think you're going to do any different. You can study, you can ask questions, you can go on lives, you can do whatever you want. At some point, you are going to have to go out and chase down motivated sellers. How you do it, it's up to you. I have everything for you at freewholesaling.com. Honestly, most of the people have success. They study for, I've had people study for a day or two and just start going <clears throat> out there running. I don't want you to be ill-prepared, but if you're going to wait till you're completely prepared, there's no way in heck you're going to get started off on the right foot in wholesaling. So what happens is the longer you delay taking that massive action, the worse it gets. Your anxiety builds and you get this fear of talking to customers. Honestly, if you have a fear of talking to people and you're getting into wholesaling, do me this favor. Just go out there and talk to 100 sellers and then talk to me afterwards. Because once you talk to two, three, four or five, that feeling tends to wear down and it actually just fades away. I'll be perfectly honest with you, for full transparency, I freaked out probably the first 30, 40 people I contacted. And uh, I got pounded, I got rejected just like everybody else does in the business. The thing is, I got through it, okay? And I need you to do the exact same thing. You've got to take action. Some of your action is not gonna feel good. It's gonna feel wildly uncomfortable, but the more you do that, the easier this business is gonna be. If you're not sure if it's for you, here's what I prefer you do. Go out and contact 50 or 100 customers. Just, you don't even make a copy, you don't have to pay a nickel for a list. Just go on Zillow and do the Fizbos and just call wildly. And just use the skills we teach in freewholesaling.com and see if you can survive these conversations. If you can, you'll do fine. But I can't make you make those phone calls. We can talk till we turn blue. If you don't make calls, you don't go on appointments, you don't talk to motivated sellers, you have zero shot in wholesaling. For some reason, some people think they can skip this process. You can't do it. 
And here's the cool part. It doesn't matter if you paid somebody $30,000 for a mentorship or Rick or Zach taught you for free. Everybody has to do the same amount of work. There is no coach guru influencer that's going to do this for you. It's just not going to happen. So if you understand that and why we do the free wholesaling movement is because it requires the same amount of work if you decide to pay someone or do it for free. But so many of you guys are tricked in thinking, well, if I pay $10,000, they'll make me accountable. Oh, we're going to go over that. Don't worry about that. I'm here to tell you, man, get your together because these are the basics that you have to understand in wholesaling. Everybody I know that's successful in any form of real estate, they've all gotten through everything I'm talking through. And this part, taking the massive action, there's no way to skip it. I've yet to find anybody that can skip it. There's no software that can do this for you. It has to be you. If you paid somebody or you're doing it for free, if you've gone from free to paid or paid to free, no matter what, you're still going to have to take this journey. You might as well have fun doing it. Just get rid of the anxiety. Go to the phone call. Stop delaying calling people. So many times I talk to you guys on live. Well, I'm going to call him or her tomorrow. I'll call him next week. No, call him right now. Matter of fact, let's do a three-way call and call them together. Let's get through it. You will live, I promise you. Take massive action, guys. There is no other way to do it, okay? Um, we talked about the simple CRM. And here comes the last one. You ready? Wait a minute. I left one off. I'll tell you at the end. You got to be accountable to yourself. So we talked earlier about how, well, you know, the reason I want to do a paid mentorship or a guru is because they're going to make me accountable. Think about this for a sec. Honestly, I'm just going to tell you how it is. If you can't be accountable to yourself, how in the heck are you going to be accountable to a perfect stranger on the internet? Let me repeat that. If you can't be accountable to yourself, why is some random guy or gal that you barely know that tells you they buy all these properties and do everything, you're now going to be accountable to them? What are you going to do if like, you do not meet your objectives in the first month? What are they going to do? They're not going to fire you. They're getting paid if you take action or not. And they'll just say, Hey, Ricky, you, you need to work a little harder. That's it. Okay. So here's a technique in life that the sooner that you can grasp this concept, the better you'll do. You have to start being accountable to yourself. You have to be your biggest critic. You already know up in your mind, you're the worst critic in the world of yourselves. We all beat each other up. So if your plan was to call, say, say 75 sellers a day for a two week period, and you said, I'm going seven days a week. I'm not moving. And you kept a log and a chart of it. At the end of the two weeks, are you going to be accountable yourself? Because if not, you're just going to lie to yourself. And the reality is when you lie to yourself, you feel horrible. It beats down your self-worth and you create this perpetual cycle. So I'd rather you stop it because the one person you should not disappoint in your life is yourself. And if you're going to make commitments and dive into wholesaling, there's no one more accountable than you. Yes, you can have your family right close next to it. But honestly, you guys are grown adults. Some of you are young men, young women. And I'm here to tell you, you have to be accountable. Okay? Stop letting other people do the accountability work for you, especially a paid coach. You've got to be kidding me. Do you think at the end of the day, do they really care if you succeed or not? As long as you pay them, that's all they care about. Me and Zach, actually, we want you to succeed. So the whole free wholesaling movement allows you to un not be caught up in the financial part of it. So 
if I give you access to all the information, I make it for free and I don't charge you five or 10 grand, you should be accountable from that point going forward. Either you're going to be successful or you're not. But if you're going to lie to yourself and not do it, I'm here to tell you, don't think a third party accountability person is going to help you out because they don't, they don't care. All they really care about is make sure you got paid. I'm sure they got great content, but honestly, thousands of students, do you think they're just going to like reach over the phone or the zoom with a hundred other people and say, Ricky, you got to do a little bit better. No, come on, man, make yourself accountable. And if you don't do it right, fix the problem. Okay. I get it. Life gets in the way. You just got to keep chugging along and going forward. So my last one, which I didn't put on here, because I'm not sure how you guys are going to take it, is stop thinking any type of wholesaling or real estate is a get-rich-quick scheme. It's not. If you're being sold that or advertised that in any way, the only reason you're being shown that is so they can induce you into some sort of paid teachings. Okay? Let me repeat that. Wholesaling is not a get-rich-quick scheme. And if you think it is, get out. The reality is, you have to make a commitment of something you love to do, okay? I've always loved wholesaling because I talk to people, I help people with their problems, and it's fun. It's kind of a wild ride, but it's a lot of fun when you get going, and I've always stayed in the space. Notice, I've never, ever once tried to teach you guys financial advice on stocks, digital assets, or any of that. Why? Because people who chase money will chase it for the rest of their lives. And all you do is wind up on, it's worse than the nine to five roller coaster. If you constantly chase money, you're doomed. I will never, ever give you expert advice on stocks because I'm a rookie. I win, I lose sometimes. Digital assets, you think I'm going to waste time on a wholesaler's channel and teach you how to do digital assets when I have zero control of the outcome and I have no intel on it? It's ridiculous. Whenever you see an influencer going outside their, influ their, their primary teachings of what they're best at, you got to ask yourself, what the heck is going on here? I can tell you what's going on. They're chasing money and they're eventually going to have a product that they need you to subscribe to to make it work because it's sexy to chase things. But the reality is, guys, I'm old enough now is the, if you keep chasing, you have to do it the rest of your life. Pick something, master it, be the best at it and keep growing and expanding in that business and you'll never look back. The only times I got killed in wholesaling is when I decided to do businesses that I had no experience. I had no ambition to do. I just wanted to buy cash flow, and honestly, I got killed of them. Now, I do own businesses outside of real estate. Don't get me wrong, but they are strictly from an investment. They are strictly from an investment. That's it. I'm not an expert. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I've already got my teeth kicked in doing that. And honestly, when someone starts talking about anything outside of what they're teaching, I'm always going to talk about wholesaling, real estate investing. It's because what I've done for 20 years and I'm really good at it. Okay. The minute I start giving you my personal views on politics, religion, and everything else, tune me out because it's, it's not going to help you be a better wholesaler. So why do that? So this is not a get rich quick scheme. Stop chasing the money. And if you stop chasing the money and truly dedicate yourself to something, you will become so good at it that you will always be in demand and your family will never have to worry about it. That's what I did with wholesaling. I didn't figure it out until I was 33, 34. Hopefully you guys catch it before that, but I don't care if you're 75, 85. If you want to do this, you can do this. And the really cool thing about wholesaling is there's no retirement. 
what are you going to retire from? Like, my hands only get rough from working out, guys. I never swing a hammer. I don't do stuff in the properties. I did in the beginning, and I learned my lesson. We don't flip properties. I don't. Listen, I don't do fix and flips. Why? Because I don't control the outcome of what the market price selling is. I don't control contractors. I don't control the price of products. I control getting a property deeply discounted and getting under contract. And then if I want to keep it or do something else with it, that's my complete option. So if you understand that going into it, you'll be wildly successful in wholesaling. I'm guys, I'm here to tell you, it's so important. The last one I didn't mention on this, which I, I harp on till we turn blue is lose your egos, like lose your ego. Um, I'm reading a book right now. I'll let you know the outcome of it. It's uh, by Ryan holiday. I think it's uh, I think it, the title's lose your ego or something like that. And if you ever sat there and tried to define like what an ego is, it's hard, like ego, like, and so his definition of an ego was it's self-serving, it's selfish. Um, it's about you being recognized and you always um, getting recognition, like uh, being the authority. Even when you're dead wrong, your ego always accessed your subconscious to make you right. The people that do the best, I'm not saying there's people with wild egos been wildly successful, but truly to be a successful in real estate, you have to be open-minded. You have to listen to people and you, you just can't sit here and brag all day. If I brag to you how many units I own, what does that do for me? I'm not selling you a coaching program. I, I don't, that's a waste of time. Okay. I've been doing this a long time, thousands of properties. I own a lot of stuff. What's the point? Notice I never sit there and feature where I live. You guys know where I live. I, I'm in Florida. I, I love it. Why? Because my family's here and I love them. Okay. I don't brag about cars I drive. Who cares? Guys, I was in the car business for like 11 years. I hate cars. Like, I'm just not a car guy. I have nice cars, but honestly, like, to me, if I could pay 10 grand for a car and be done, that's like, they're just a depreciating asset. So why would you own a Lambo? Oh, that's right. I got to sell a course. I own a Lambo. I'm going to show it off to you. I get it. Lambos are majorly depreciating assets unless you storm in an air-conditioned garage and keep it for 10 to 20 years. Okay. I can think of better investments for $350,000, something like that. So boats impress me, but same thing. They're a depreciating asset. So put your ego in check. Amazing things will happen in your life. And I'm here to tell you it's every one of these things hold true. Okay. So take these things. I went up giving you seven. I promised you five. Um, let me go in the comments and then I'll jump on. If you guys want to do a one-on-one, -on -one, just click the link towards the top. Um, you can join there and guys, if you don't want to do video, like, don't worry about it. I, I don't care if the video is on there. So, um, what's up Corey. So if you guys haven't met Corey, you guys know he's been on, he's been on, uh, countless times. I owe you a phone call Corey. So I'm hoping, um, late tomorrow morning works, but, um, you got my information on how to get a hold of me. So, um, what's up Jonathan. So guys, the reason I came on here so I could give you more time. So here's the deal. I will go as long as you guys want, but I need questions. I need people to talk to. I love this business, but um, I'd rather have you guys do some talking so I can help you out. So I'm going to jump on, talk to Jonathan here. If anybody else wants to take advantage of it, jump on. Guys, you can record Monday Night Football. Go to it. <laughs> it just gets like, don't worry about the football, guys. You are going to be overloaded with it in the long run here. So what's up, Jonathan? How you doing, man? Hey, good. How you doing, Rick? 
Good, man. What's going on? Long time no speak. Yeah, I know. A couple days. Um, thanks for doing this on a Monday night. It's like I saw. No, it I don't mind doing it. Up. So, guys, just let, let Jonathan I'll tell you. I won't bite your head off. I know this is a little bit new, but I feel bad. There's like thirty or forty on every Thursday, Friday night, and then I'm like, come on over to Monday night, and it's like sometimes it's quiet. So I get it. A little bit new on the channel, so. Jonathan, you, you got an open floor right now, man. All ears, man. So if you guys have a question, put it in the comments. I'll be happy to answer it. So what's going on, man? Awesome, awesome. I got about four, about eight questions for you. So first, okay. about probate. Um, now, do you differentiate the probates that have properties actually in the estate, or do you just mail all pre-probates? Like how, how granular do you get? Um, hold on one second. Just not, Let me just fix this. I'm answering somebody's thing here because someone doesn't think I'm on here. Okay. So yes, this guy's, it, it is live. Somebody's asking me, are you live? You're recorded. Um, let me click this. And if you want to join the link, it's right here. Okay. Go ahead again. Sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. Um, so do you differentiate the probates that have um, actual real estate in the estate or do you just mail all pre-probates, anything that, that comes up on the county? So there, there's, there's two, there's two methods here. Okay. In a perfect ideal world, you'd like to match um, every probate with a probate property. But I gotta be honest with you, like sometimes you have to factor in what your time's worth. So how much time does it take you to sort through all those and do that? Um, sometimes when we get a little lazy or we get a little bit behind, we just mass mail. And then you can just take people off list and apologize. It's gonna cost you a little bit more in mail, but it does save you hours in sorting information you just have to determine. So if I'm a one person army and I can get away just kind of doing a mass mailing, it's sometimes easier. If you have a staff member or someone working with you or you have a spouse or a, a family member and they can help sort through you, if they start complaining about how much time they're spending, then you might want to consider doing it the other way. Either way works, but probates, the lists aren't that big. So you're not pulling 500 people off your list. So if you're just trying to exclude like five or seven people, if you looked at it, it costs you like four or five bucks, who cares? Okay. So if you're a one person army and you're running out of time and you're getting pushed a little bit, then skip that part and just send out to everybody. And when they call you and go, what are you talking? I don't have a pro I don't have a property. Just find out what their name is. Cross reference your list and just say, do you own a piece of real estate in this state? And they say, absolutely. No. Maybe look in the file a little bit and, and just make sure you're not eliminating them. And then you can just take that extra time doing it that way. So I've done it both ways. I get it, dude. Okay. Like, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Right now I'm doing basically hiring a VA to go in, figure out which ones have property, then putting those on an Excel sheet, doing a mail merge with the property. Yeah. So f figure out what the cost savings is to do that. Okay. Because... Honestly, we used to sort everybody that had four more errors. We just got them out because it was such a pain in the butt. And then what we started doing is just like, guys, if you really want to shortcut the probate, so people are like, well, I don't want to spend that much time. Just find the estate, like the estate of John Doe and just mail to the physical property, the standard letter that you guys can go over to freewholesaling.com. And like, I've done that when we ran really far behind. I'm like, dude, just mail like the estate of John Doe and see if anybody responds to the physical property. You would be surprised they still respond. So all that extra customization we do, dude, I used to mail to the heirs. It took me two years to figure out I'm getting nowhere with this. It's a waste of time and money. So yeah. I don't want you guys to do that too. So find out what's going to work best for you. And um, that's what I prefer you to do.
So, so you don't mail straight to the property. You mail straight to the property. You don't find the heirs and find their mailing address. Uh, well, if you can mail it to the PR, that's going to be the best. Okay. Um, but like, say, say you have a full-time job and you just don't have a lot of time on your hands and you want to do probates and you got the list and you got enough just to do a basic mailing, then at least do that. Like, just don't do it. Like it just drives me nuts. Like you can, that works by the way. So if I found out somebody um, passed away and it's like uh, John Doe and I can't figure out who the, uh, the PR is the personal representative, I'm just going to put a letter on there and put it to the estate of John Doe. I'm going to put the physical property where he had that property, the deceased's address. Someone's always picking up the mail there. Right. Okay. And like, I know plenty of people do it. Like it works. Like, but if you got time and you're paying people or people are participating in profits, say you got a partner or a family member, you can't take that extra time. So just kind of do a quick eval of how much your VA's putting into it. And every now and then you can switch it up one month and see if it has a difference. Odds are the more personal you make it, the better you're going to get. But like, I got to be honest, I've got some of my best deals, deals off that uh, estate of John Doe letter. It was kind of shocking. Mm. Now I do the, to the estate of John Doe when we can't find anything on someone. Sometimes some of these counties are really tricky. And if you got to do that, if you mail it just to that property, somebody always gets it. It's just not as personable because you can't put their name on there and you can't do your traditional mail merge. But think about it. It's a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I still like to put the address on a mail merge, like regardless, because either way you should have an address. There's, there's no way around it without the address or you don't know. Okay. That's super helpful. Cause I'm, I, I get super granular in the County that I'm in and then the other counties don't have as sophisticated of an online system. So it looks yeah. great. Um, do you resend the probate letters if you don't hear back and do you have a certain amount of time that you send them? So the problem is it's different in every market. So, um, here, here's my method. Okay. If you contact them early and I mean early, try to get it as soon as you possibly can, you mail it out. And then within 30, the maximum 45 days, some people do 60 days, do another letter after that. I'm going to be honest with you. Like if they're not going to respond to the first two, remember when they get a letter, even if they're not interested, they take that letter and they set it aside. Yeah. Okay. So you mailing in like, there's this huge philosophy people out there, whoever mails the most gets the customer or whoever spends the most um, wins marketing. It's different in wholesaling. I'm here to tell you like you, you can overspend in wholesaling. So here's what I do. I do one letter and then 45 days later, I do a second letter and I change it up just a little bit, nothing crazy. And then I put them in a follow-up sequence with my regular direct mail. Now remember, I have a big regular direct mail campaign my idea is if those letters didn't strike their fancy, maybe just a regular we buy houses guys postcard might hit them. It, it's like a, it's a wide net approach. But honestly, after three letters, I'm done. I'm not going to waste time, dude. They just don't respond. By then, they're usually listed. They're under the complete control of a lawyer or the properties. They're going to they're going to keep it. So I'm looking for the most motivated like probate people. I don't want to sit there and beg them to buy their property. Yeah. Yet. Right. Okay. So honestly past like two contacts, you got to decide how far you really want to go with it. I've tried it. I tried six to nine letters. I didn't get any further. Okay. It's just a waste of time in my opinion. So you don't chase return mail or bad addresses where you get it back in your if, inbox. If it initially comes back, I'll chase it. But like okay. if, if it gets delivered, no response, you do another one, 45, 60 days, there's nothing. The problem is it's not that one, but like you got to understand, say you're doing 30 or 40 probates 
and say you're even just doing one county after six to nine months, that follow-up sequence really starts to like, it's a lot of work. It's like, you really have to be organized and, uh, we simplify things, man. If we can't get somebody in the first 90 days, odds are we're getting nothing. Okay. So I'm looking for that initial person to reach out to work out with me. I find when somebody contacts me after six months, either they set my letter aside and they're like, I was just waiting for the perfect time. Um, and those are great. Or they're so wild. And what they ask at the end, it's just a waste of time. Okay. So remember, unfortunately, <laughs> We all go through like death and stuff. The reality is the longer time goes by, the less emotional they get about it and becomes much more of a business transaction. And for that reason, as time works against you in probates, it doesn't wind up being a good wholesaling deal. And remember, anyone that says, hey, I'm going to wait till the probate's done, then I'm going to contact you. You have no leverage. Yeah. You're just like everybody else. And if it's about price, you have to bid everybody else. They're better off putting it on the market. I had probably four or five follow-up leads, exactly like you said. They yeah. had them listed. They already had a family member that was a realtor, you know, the whole thing. So yeah, yeah. Once a probate's listed, it's like the death. It's yeah, like, it's just, I, I don't like, let's just move on. Like, unless here's right. my realtor, you want to list it, they'll probably do a better job. And the reality of if it's a, a listing that's expired, it, it probably needed a wholesaler up front. But now that realtor has put such a crazy price in their head, you're going to have a hard time making the numbers work because yeah. that's what you need to sell it for, not buy it for. Make sense? That, okay, that's helpful. Probates, um, guys, it's all about speed and connecting with them really in the first 90 to 100 days. Past that, it's a stale like lead, and it takes a lot to resurrect it. It really does. So. The best leads we get are people that just reach out to us after the first letter. They're my favorite deals. And for that reason, do one letter and decide if you want to do another one after that. And then just call it a day. Okay. <laughs> it's the best way to do it. Awesome. Um, so I got a few more for you. This is more like okay. uh, scaling because that's where I'm at right now. I mean, it's easy enough to break six figures on a doing it yourself, but it's a lot of work, a lot of organization and I'm really scared of, I'm, I'm good at building the skills that I'm already good at. You know, that's fun to focus on, but it's the okay. skills that I'm not very good at, um, which is uh, hiring, bringing on a team, actually setting a structure with KPIs and keeping track of people. Like I keep track of myself, but it's hard with other people. Okay. So, so how long you, have you been doing this for now, Jonathan? A uh, good three, four years. Um, but okay. there's a realtor, some realtor stuff and COVID in there too, but a good, good day. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the reality of this business is I've done the numbers. You can easily do a million dollars and just like assignment fees, you throw a few flips in there, whatever, a million to maybe 1.1, 1.2, buy yourself with VAs. Dude, I've done it. Like after that, dude, you will lose your mind. It's okay. just the truth. There's a limit. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a lot of money depending on what your profit ratio is. Um, usually when you're working on your own, you should be around 50 to 55%, okay? So to pull in a gross million, you can easily pull in a half million dollars and work by yourself. VAs is the right way to start, you're correct on that. Although VAs are a pain in the butt, right? Yeah. There's a lot, of, like it's never as easy as it sounds. Don't get the cheapest VA, you're gonna pay the most for it. Sure. Um, so. I got stuck doing this seven years. I'm an expert on this, okay? I'm here to tell you, anybody that tells you you need this ginormous team, 
I promise you they have something to sell it to you. Now, I'm not opposed to anybody getting coaching or mentoring to scale their business, but before you do it, you gotta ask yourself, what do you truly wanna accomplish? Okay, like what do you want out of it? I get, because to scale, what most people will not tell you the honest truth is you have to go backwards in income. It, it's, it's the truth, there's no way around it because you have to spend money on it. So, talking from a guy who went from as many as 15 employees, major overhead, the office, the whole nine yards, I never beat when I was doing like between a million and a million point two with a tiny, tiny little staff, one to two employees tops. And wow. I'm talking about virtual. Okay. I went to 15 thinking I could dominate the world. I did it a long time. I didn't just do it a year. I did it four or five years. And I'm here to tell you it was so much more of a headache and there's only so much you can grow your local market. Now you can jump on virtual markets and do all that stuff, but I don't want to work. 60 70 hours a week i already did that one that's why i went to wholesaling so i had to get a reality check and i go man if i made five or six hundred grand and i didn't drive myself nuts and i had a lot of time to do whatever i wanted then that's what i wanted and so i got rid of all my long-term obligations and i went back and reset my business now i was fortunate enough to have my son coming up at the time i had no idea he was gonna be my partner in wholesaling, okay? He was 16 for God's sakes, okay? But I'm here to tell you, like sometimes you don't know what's around the corner. So you have to make a decision. Partnerships are brutal, I'm just gonna tell you. Like unless your family members are married to them, I highly advise against partnerships because if you think marriages have a high failure rate, partnerships are almost 90%. So yeah, you're walking in the misery from day one. So. You have to find a way. So many people tell you off the bat, just hire an acquisitions manager. I'm here to tell you, you that's the last person you hire, in my opinion. There's no one that can replace what you do, Jonathan. Like, I'm just not even close. So utilize your VAs that you have. You can bring on an assistant to help you. An assistant is a very muddled uh, world, but your first assistant's going to handle all transaction coordinating. Okay. They're going to help you with your schedule. They're going to help you with your marketing and everything. And honestly, you can pay an assistant, um, you know, like 40 grand. I like to have them locally. That's just how I am. But now you can do them virtually. And from that, it's supposed to free you up so you can run around and get as many deals done as humanly possible. And then you're going to have to bonus that assistant because as you grow, you're going to drive him or her nuts. But that's a good person because the idea of the assistant is they're a mini version of you. They're there to keep you organized with the paperwork and keep everything moving along. And then your idea is to drive sales and get deals signed up. So you would still be the acquisitions person, but you can really push the numbers. So you can add another five to $800,000 by doing that. And it only costs you what 50, maybe 55 grand by the time you bonus them out. Yeah. That's a great spend of your money. The problem is when you get to the acquisitions manager and I'm here to tell you, I've done this part still to this day is the most challenging part in my business. Okay. So there's two schools of thought on that. They say, hey, go out and hire a superstar. No, no, no. So think about like uh, basketball, okay? We all want the LeBron James, right? But do you want the LeBron James that tells you how you're going to have to hire all your employees, how you're going to run your company, and he's going to tell you exactly what and when he's going to do it? They're a nightmare, dude. I've had the LeBron James. They will ruin your company. You eventually have to fire him. And you usually wind up in a lawsuit and they threaten you till the end of the day. You don't want that person in your company, okay? You want someone that will follow instructions, 
that's motivated by money and is eager to learn, and I prefer that person to have zero real estate experience. And then you have to become an excellent trainer. The problem with that, that training is grossly underestimated how much energy and time it takes. It takes six to nine months to train someone for that position to be fully effective. It wow. takes 90 days just to get them to pay for themselves. So when you bring on a acquisitions person, you're basically making a fifty or $60,000 choice. And if you're wrong, it's going to cost you because they're okay. hard to unwind. Okay. And these are, this is how I would do it in this exact order. So expand whatever you can do with your VAs, make them more efficient, replace one or put more tasks on their plate. An assistant is basically a person that's going to, you just push folders. You're going to have to spend time training them, but an assistant, um, they have more of the internal gifts to run an office. And then they can help you up with follow-ups and stuff. And you're going to find out what they'll do and what they won't do. They're a lot more lenient and you can make more mistakes with them. With the acquisition manager, it's hard, man. Because remember, every time you bring an employee on, especially local like that, they're depending on you so they can like feed their family. Yeah. You know, they can survive. And I don't know about you, but that's a huge weight on your shoulders. And you got to make sure you've got a vibrant way to do it. But once you start with an acquisitions manager, that's a six to nine months commitment. And if they quit on you, which is a high probability, I'm just here to tell you, is you got to put somebody else in there. But you'll learn, okay, this worked, that didn't do it. Let me adjust my training this way, and I'll keep going forward. And then people are like, oh, I'll do two and three you know, uh, acquisitions people. I'm, I'm here to tell you, I've watched companies, their biggest vulnerability is the acquisitions manager. So what do they do? They, all the people that teach you to scale, well, go get an office, Jonathan, and that way you can babysit your acquisitions manager. Dude, it's a nightmare. Dude, yeah. I don't want to sit there and babysit people all day, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. That's helpful. so to be honest with you, you can find people that whoever you want to emulate, make sure you go spend time. with. If, so if you're going to pay someone to teach you how to scale, make sure you're not being sold. Like everyone acts like they have this perfect thing to solve it. It is challenging in every business to scale. The problem with wholesaling is you can't go from 1 million to 50 million. It just, it, I've, here's the reality. I've yet to see any legitimate wholesale operation in operation for four years or more do more than $10 million in a year. Prove me otherwise. I don't want to hear about like, oh, my students. Now, coaches and stuff, oh my God, they'll do $20 million. Like, yeah. because it's easier. You can scale coaching. Yeah. That's why you see the trend going on. But I'm here to tell you this thing, I see people now right now, they're coaching people how to do $12 million in sales a year that haven't even done a million first. I'm just like, you want to talk about an impossible task? There's no way that's going to happen. I'm okay. here to tell you, like, there's a point, like wholesaling is only so scalable. It can't go to 100 million. It's physically impossible, okay? And then if you look at the open door and the Zillows and all that, all of them have got the crap kicked out of them trying yeah. to make it national. It just doesn't work. It is all localized. And so when you go to talk about scaling, you have to be very clear on what you want. Do you want an office where you babysit tons of employees and you have to be there at seven and you leave at six every night? I tried it, dude. It was complete freaking misery. I was back in the corporate world. And it was hard to tell what you were making because you were so buried in financial reports. We we're spending $75,000 a month on marketing just to cover everybody's salaries and everything like that. And then we had months I had to pull out of my personal accounts to pay people stressful. So the perfect wholesaling operation would be maxing out your VAs, getting an assistant and eventually working somebody on to be your acquisitions manager. And here's the key with acquisitions managers. 
if you think you're going to find them on Indeed, Craigslist, or Facebook Marketplace, you're nuts. You're going to get a psycho. I'm sorry. That's all I've ever gotten from those. Find people you do business with now that you really love their ethics and like their attitude because you can't fix ethics and attitude no matter how much training you do. So if you have the moral compass, I can teach you how to do wholesaling. And remember, when I do acquisitions, all I do is teach them how to talk to customers, how to qualify them, and how to set up appointments. So I have someone going right now. All we do is sit there and drill phones for the first 30 days. We, we don't even let them talk to a customer. 30 days, all we do is role play. Phones, 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 phones. And I pay them. And then I tell every acquisition person, you got 90 days. I'm going to give you 90 days. After that, like you got like, to flap your wings and keep going. So just be careful what you ask for and be very clear because every marketer out there that's selling you scaling, they're going to tell you this dream of 12 to 15 million a year. I've yet to see anybody hit it. It's just the truth. And anyone who tried to get it, they always switch another business because they burnt out and that means it wasn't profitable. So um, I get where you are. So just little pieces at a time. And then when someone goes bad, just move on with your life and, uh, you're going to get some bad employees. There's just no way around it. So that's super helpful. I, I, so expanding the VAs and getting rid of maybe not dispositions, but at least transaction coordination, I think is going to be key because it's always like scaling marketing, the deals come. Now I have all the attention on the deals because I can't, I can't keep marketing. I want to, yeah. but now I have to babysit these deals. So and that's the problem them, is you've got to keep marketing and keep talking to customers. Your highest skill set right now. So basically, you got to get someone to babysit your deal. So I'll give you a little hint. I talked my wife out of a teaching career to be like that assistant. It's a little challenging because I, I took her out raw in it. And uh, it was tough. I asked a lot, a lot. So be very careful about the assistant because it's, uh, it's tough on family. And yeah. it's a challenge. So a lot of you go, oh, I'll just stick my spouse in there. It's you better make sure you guys are on the same plan because it's uh, the assistant job is very convoluting because basically you're hiring them to babysit and you teach and if they have a little bit of an education in real estate so they understand how HUDs work and closings and but the biggest thing is she used to do is babysit the customers, manage the HUDs and the title companies, and make sure I stayed on point with Mike my, my marketing schedule. That was their primary like function. And it's like if they do that and you can earn another say three to 500,000 and say you were going to pay that person 50 or 60 grand a year. It's a great trade-off for the income. The problem is everybody jumps to the acquisition manager because nobody wants to talk to the customer. Dude, if you get a bad acquisitions manager, all the money stops coming in your company. Yeah. So it, it's tough. So it's like, so the first, so when I bring in an acquisitions person one month, just phone training, phone training, and guess what I use? I use freewholesaling.com to train them. I swear yeah. to you on this. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I have them go through every video, and then I got then we got our own private videos of extensive stuff we've done in our company, and we show them like a hundred um, appointments we've done on the phone, physically, and then after that we teach them how to sit in someone's living room and have a conversation with them. That what they do is they ride along with our other acquisitions people. Sometimes they ride with me. Sometimes they ride with Zach. And then we train them on that. And then the idea is they eventually do a nudge. They go, let me take this one. And we want to give them confidence to get it done. And once they figure out how to do it, then they're fine. The minute somebody asks me for, they want to be my partner, um, I need a massive pay raise, or um, I'm going to quit and be your competitor, I say, just have a nice day. I just shake their hand. I don't even negotiate because if that's your mindset, I don't want to work with you. 
and you got to snuff that stuff all out in the beginning. So it's, uh, by the way, if you're worried about somebody duplicating what you do, don't worry about it. I've been doing this 20 years. Not one of my employees have ever been my, my massive rivals. Now, I've had people I've taught this business that you would know on the internet today. Um, I, I don't care. There's plenty of business to go out there. I wish them all the luck in the world. I just wish they were honest up front and tell me that's what they were going to do up front. So, Awesome. Um, a few more. I know I've been on here a long time. So, Okay. Um, really kind of nitty gritty. Do you do the typical um, S-Corp payroll salaries um, disbursements thing or do you just keep it? Super that, that's something that you really want to talk um, with a CPA and accountant for. So it, it, it's all like, there's so many other factors that go into it. So in a simple world, guys, you can set up an LLC, run that, and then basically you, you run standard uh, profit and losses. You have a balance sheet. And then basically any distributions you do from there washes through your personal tax. That, that will get you through probably the first five years with your eyes shut. Once you make a certain amount of money, and I'm not going to give you the threshold, but you'll figure when you got to start bringing employees and stuff on, you can quickly switch to an S or a C corporation. Um, I like a C corp because you get the full benefits of just like as you were running Google um, and you get all the tax benefits, you get all the write-offs. So like when you go on vacation, as long as you're doing a legitimate business expense, you can do that. Um, everything you would do towards business, you can deduct now. So remember, you're thinking about everything. Remember, when you guys get paid, you got to take that money. After you get all the taxes, paid then you go on your vacation guys read the rules there's certain ways you can do it you can actually have a deductible business expense and go on vacation and if you learn to pay by the rules you can do it the downside with doing these corporations is there's a lot of reporting you have to do and i have to pay people to do these um if i told you how many corporations and llc's like you you wouldn't even believe me i i don't even tell you because i don't want to overwhelm people it overwhelms me I have somebody completely that handles all that stuff for me and I get a bill every month and I'm not crazy about it, but um, that's what it takes. But I have to do, I have to do over uh, like 15, what's it? Uh, like 22 um, P and L's and balance sheets for all these companies. So I, I, I don't, it's just too much. And remember each one of them is indicative of the other one. And then you got to do it like a master thing. So it's uh, um Talk to your accountant with it. The accountant will tell you at some point, hey, Jonathan, like we need to switch it up and get you more write-offs. And the LLC is good for the average person. But like once you start getting up there in millions, it's, it's actually cost savings to switch over to a, some type of corporation. But remember, I'm out here to give you like legal and accounting advice. So I'm just yeah. giving you my opinion. So don't take it for the word of it. The idea is, Jonathan, make so much money, make it a problem where, like, I got to find somewhere to stuff this money. That's how, that's how you upgrade your, your accounting status. Awesome. Make awesome. sense? Yeah, Rick, thank you so much. Um, okay. I really appreciate it so much. Awesome, man. Okay, guys. Awesome. Let me get him off of here. Let me answer a couple questions on here. Um, Jonathan's writes about a, a mindset. Um, you got to have an, a, a, like I stopped looking at competition. I used to look at it, people as competition. I could care less anymore. So um, I appreciate it. Um, Jordan says uh, profit first book is excellent. So I'm going to share a little resource with you guys that somebody else pointed out to me. Um, there is a free resource where you can go get any book for the most part. 
75% of the books out on the market, at least a year or more are in it. It's called the Z library. I think it's zlibrary.org. Go check it out. It's perfectly legal. You'd be blown away. The amount of books you can read there, unbelievable. I don't know why anybody else doesn't talk about this. Go to Z library, check it out. Go download your favorite book. It's free. There's no advertising on it. It's really good stuff. I mean, uh, you can go get uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad for free. So we're all about the free resources here. So use Z Library. It's perfectly legal, and um, you can take it on the go with you. You can read it off your phone. You could do it on your on your uh, your iPad or something. Phenomenal resource to help you out. And guys, that, I mean, there's hundreds of thousands, if not, I think there's 11 million books in there digitally. And so your excuse is not to download a book. So use it for yourself. Use it for your kids. Use it for your spouse. You could search it by categories. It is absolutely phenomenal. So I'm deep diving a book on ego because I always talk about it. And I just, like, I have a hard time understanding and explaining to you, like, what an ego is. But um, the more we can learn, um, the better off with it. So check it out, guys. It really works well. So Joshua, what's going on, man? Rick, how you doing, sir? Good, man. Where are you calling from? Um, San Diego. Oh, okay, man. I don't memorize everything, man. I'm old, so. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Well, this is my, my first time on here. I finally got to catch a live, so. Okay, cool. Yeah. So what's going right on, now. man? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, looking for that first deal. Okay. Um, I've been binging uh, your guys' YouTube heavily pretty much uh, all hours of the day. Just want to say I really appreciate what uh, you and Zach do. Um, it took some time to get that there, but you know the funny thing is, a lot of these like gurus and coaches and everyone, do you know me and Zach built a bigger library than a lot of them were doing this 10 and 20 years and two years, me and Zach built a bigger library than all of them. You know why? Cause we just record what works in our business and we don't have like 15 employees to filter it for you. We just get it out faster than anybody else. And it's been one of the keys to our success is we just try to deliver you guys the most relative content to help you out today because we're using what works in our business. So um, we went from one video, I think we're at like, it's an obscene amount, like 1400. We did that all less than two years. And people go, how did you do it? I go, dude, you just look in the camera and record. It's not hard. Like it's, there's no rocket scientist behind this. So, uh, but that's a good thing to binge on. You can binge on a lot worse things. I promise you. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, it is a huge library. I've like barely scratched the surface, but yeah, it's yeah. it's just gonna keep going. So we we're doing I think we do like fifteen to seventeen videos a week right now. Oh well. And we were just happy doing one. I'm like, why one? And Zach said, Let's do two. And it's like, hey, he just sit down and he goes, Let's just sit down and record everything that works in our life. And that that's the beauty of like YouTube content creators, and that's why I really love this format of learning. You guys choose who you want to learn from and you have to make that decision. But once you do it, if someone can sit there and just keep uploading information of like stuff that's working today in the market, it's really, really helpful. Right. right. You don't want to wait a month for a video to be released anymore. It's not even, it's not that it's not helpful, but like you just want to know what's going on. Like, Hey, and a lot of times it validates what you're doing or what you're not doing if you're going in the right direction. So it, it, it does help the old guy. I used to have to read books and go to seminars and stuff was years outdated. And I'm very thankful we have this opportunity to do uh, deliver on this platform. So what's going on, man? What can I help you out with today? 
Yeah, so I just had a, a couple questions. Um, I was getting into some various uh, marketing strategies. And, okay. Um, one of those was bandit signs. So I know that um, Zach was a heavy advocate for them. Maybe not so much anymore. But I know that there's um, some laws out there kind of uh, hitting people with fines and, you know, various yeah. um, legal action for bandit signs. So I went, I ordered a bunch of them, a couple hundred. But um, I want to know if you've ever heard of any legal repercussions for people that went and got caught putting these out. I've heard some crazy stories of, like, the city will call the number and they'll hit you yeah. with a bunch of fines. So which, which market are you doing? So I'm in uh, North San Diego County. Okay. So... <laughs> So when I started out, I did a lot of bandit signs. Um, back then, bandit signs were like the wild child, uh, completely unregulated, um, wild west, and they worked incredibly effective. And uh, so <laughs> I had a job. So I would go out in the middle of the night, put them out for like two hours. And uh, I will tell you this. If you can do it with two people, it makes a tremendous difference because one drives and one stakes. Um, yeah. It's a lot harder than you think it is doing it in the middle of the night. Like... There's cars coming around. The reason like some people have to do it at night is they have a job or if you do it during the day, everybody stares at you while you do it and it's very uncomfortable. Um, right. They'll start honking the horn and they'll still call you while you stick it in the ground. It's a pain in the butt. So um, the reason Zach did it is because I said, listen, why don't we try bandit signs? I haven't done bandit signs in like 10 years. I go, if you can master bandit signs, you'll do really well in this business. So he did it. He put the sign order together. He actually paid for it. And he put him out and he did really well on bandit signs. So I love bandit signs. If you want to find out they're legal, you got to contact your county or city and see what the uh, ordinance is. It is, I, I think if you call, they're going to tell you they're illegal anyways. So you might want to, you might be able to uh, go online and search within your county or city what the um, statutes are on bandit signs so in port st Lucie, where you know my backyard market if you get caught putting out a bandit sign by a police officer or a city employee they actually issue a summons to appear in court and that's a nightmare because if you don't show up to court then they can put out a warrant for your arrest so i had to just stop doing it it's it's just not worth it so i got summons multiple times i went into an agreement and I stopped. Then I switched cities and the same thing followed every city I went to. So before you get out there and get in massive trouble, make sure if, if they can issue a summons to appear to court, don't do it. It's not worth it. If it's just against statute to put up a bandit sign, dude, we're entrepreneurs, man. Like that doesn't stop me. Okay. Yes. Um, just be respectful about it. Don't steal other people's signs. And when you talk about the city calling to trick you, um, to be honest with you, they are the worst motivated seller fake calls you'll ever hear in your life. They give up in 30 seconds every time. Hey, you know what you're doing is illegal? Uh, what's that? Talking to you on the phone? That's it. I'm going to give you a fine for this. Where can I send the uh, fine to? I don't know. I go, listen, I just answer on the phone. I'm in a foreign country. I don't even know what you're talking about. And you go, listen, tell the owner who's putting out this is highly illegal and we're going to write them a fine for it. Listen, they can't find you if they can't figure out whose phone number it is. So the, the good thing about bandit signs, they work as long as they're legal and you're not going to get a summons to appear in court. Don't let a statute discourage you, especially when you're starting out. Because there's a lot of things we do that's 
you kind of listen we go uh, the extra mile to try to to get a deal um when they call you have to be suspect to anyone who calls you okay what do i mean by that verify that they're the owner of the property what's your name if they don't know the owner of the property, the uh, remember, if it's a city employee, they're going to give up in 30 seconds. They're not paid enough money to go through that deep of a dive on you. And if you just ask them basic questions, you'll find out real quick. They're, they're, they're just trying to bust your chops. So that's the downside of it. So make sure you use a virtual phone number. Just be respectful. Going out and putting 100 signs out in one night is not the way you want to find out. So I do a small batch, 10 or 15 signs, and see how it works. Okay. And, and just yes, do it sir. and keep your signs as simple as you humanly possibly can. Um, very, very simple and a nice big phone number on it. And if somebody calls to bust your butt, just be respectful. Don't be nasty, but just listen. I'm just the employee. I, I go, I, I was just told to answer these phones. That's it. Okay. So I think, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So it, it works. Just be, you know, it's listen. Usually the first time you get caught, you're going to get your wrist slapped. If you keep going to, to the same thing, eventually you're going to get in trouble for it. So if you want to use it as a launching point, it's fine. It works really well in like small cities. Look for places where there's uh, entrances and exits to like Home Depots, Walmarts, Lowe's, stuff like that near stop signs and red lights. And uh, it works highly effective. So I used to go out and put stuff out on Friday night. The idea was to have the sign out as long as I could for the weekend. And honestly, you go, well, Rick, you only had to sign out for two days. I go, dude, we got enough leads in two days. It was well worth it. Yeah. At some point, my son used to hire people to go out and put up the signs. That was a complete nightmare. Like half the signs didn't make it out. They wind up in a dumpster. It's really hard to get people to do that stuff. Plus, they'll hold you hostage and tell you they'll report you to the city if you don't pay them for a job they didn't do. So make sure you do it yourself. Make sure you don't get a summons to show up to court. And make sure you're screening your calls when people call uh, call in, and you should be fine. Gotcha. It works, though. Okay. It's it's highly effective. I'm telling you, it's extremely. You guys at discounting bandit signs, you have no idea what you're missing out. If I could legally do it, I would bury every town on them. That's the problem. Gotcha. Oh my god. So. For sure. Uh, another question I had. Um, I'm about to be heading over to North Carolina in a few months here. Um. East North Carolina, so Onslow County, uh, Jacksonville area specifically. Okay. Oh, anything about um, wholesaling over there and if the market's any good? Jacksonville's really good. A lot of low-income properties, a lot of mid-size. Uh, yeah, they got properties all over the board. So I like mm. Jacksonville. I do. It's uh, a huge population there. When you say Jacksonville, it's like saying Miami. It's big. Uh -huh. So do some research if you want to do that and, you know, might be a place you could even put out banded signs, although I, I doubt you're going to be able to put signs on an uh, airplane. So uh, <laughs> I, I love Jacksonville. I, I've done a lot of deals in Jacksonville. I network with people in Jacksonville. It's, it's a nice, big, growing uh, market with still reasonable prices, in my opinion. Gotcha. Awesome. So this last question I have for you. Um, uh, if you had to start over today without access to any of your network any of the connections you've established over 20 years um just the vast resources you have you have to start over in a new market but let's just say a couple thousand dollars to your name um and then start wholesaling what would you personally do uh, to get up and running uh three simple things with i teach over at free wholesaling 
Dot-com that I'm going to go over with you right now because I, I got them burnt in my brain because I've, I've been through these scenarios. Dude, I, I, I won it all in like 2003 to six, seven. I, I mean, I completely dominated. I mean, just when I say I dominated and I got, I got lazy. I spent a lot of money. I depended on the cash flow and I had to start all over. So here's how I started all over. Ready? Cold calling hands down is the fastest way to get any deal in any market. It's the fastest way to get to the seller, to have a conversation, to see if they want to enter into a contract with you. That's it. Is the fastest way. Yes, you have to skip tracing, spend a little bit of money. Even if you're broke, you can go to truepeoplesearch.com. It works really well. Number two, driving for dollars. If I still have a car, which is ideal for this, just go out and find all the ugly houses. I don't care if it takes you four hours and get 200 leads. And then once again, I recall call every one of those leads. The third one is the reverse driving for dollars. Not only would I call those leads, I'd put a sticky note on every door and I'd say, listen, I got a quick question. Um, please call me Rick. And I put in uh, my phone number on there. A combination of those three, if you can't get a deal in 30 days, you're not doing the three things I told you to do. I'm just do the driving for dollars. So many people underrate it. It works really well today. We use this in my business and it works well. I got 400 leads on my desk that I'm working through my staff to get through. And of those 400, we'll probably get three to four deals minimum. And that's just from people I work with that go out, collect driving for dollars, and then we just rip through it. You know why? It's fast. You cut through all the crap. The yep. problem is a guy like me, I got some money. I buy a list. I can do it the lazy way. Right. But like if I'm dead broke or I don't have a lot of time or I got my rent due, I got to get things done. I find when people have a deadline, they get stuff done. And I'm here to tell you, make your own artificial deadline and take the advice of the three steps I taught you. It works well. I'd put bandit signs on there, but the problem is it's it's outlawed in so many places. I, I don't want people to uh, get in trouble with it. But if you can do bandit right. signs, I'd throw that on there too. It's easy because you can just... You could buy the signs, the stakes, and just take a marker and write your whatever you want on there, and it's really not going to cost you a lot of money. So if you guys ever buy banded signs, they're kind of expensive to buy now, especially with the shipping and everything. It's a pain in the butt. So, Right? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Okay. Does that help you out with it? I'm telling you right now, that's what I do in my business. That's what I did when I lost it all and I got it back. And I'm just telling you, just build it right back up. Because when you learn wholesaling, it's a skill – that nobody can take away from you unless you're locked up somewhere and you cannot go out and physically do it. So don't do anything to get locked up and then just go out there and do it. Gotcha. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, that was also a, a great book you mentioned. Uh, Ego is the Enemy, I think was the name. Ryan Hargill? Uh The one you're reading right I now? I got to look at it. It's, it's Ego something, but he talks about, um, if any of you guys know uh, Ryan Holiday, hold on. Stoicism. Yeah. Uh, so I've met him personally quite a few times. Great guy, an incredible oh, wow. entrepreneur. But he talks about um, he talks about the ego deep. And he had a long conversation with me like five years ago, and I never forgot it. He's like, "Dude, lose your ego, lose your ego, lose your ego." And uh, that's what I just try to do. So. Um, so I always tell you guys to lose your ego, but I, I got to tell you, it's very hard to define what an ego is until you understand it. And I've spent thousands of hours like studying it and understand it. So, uh, so if you understand the difference between your subconscious and your conscious mind, 
you understand how your ego plays in your life and it sabotages you in a lot of things you do. And your ego is there. It's, it's a primal survival instinct. It has no function in regular business. It makes you look like an idiot in the long run. So check it out and you can get it on Z library. It's actually for free. Listen, I don't mind buying good books that have come out new, but I'm so far, I'm so far behind in book reading. Like I could spend all day in Z library. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Any book that helps expand your knowledge, even past wholesaling, I'm all for it. Most so. well, okay, yeah, Joshua. Uh, thanks again. Take it easy. Man. Okay. I'll see you, man. Omar, are you there? Hi, how are you? Good, man. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. Where are you calling from? Uh, Kansas City. Kansas City. Didn't think Woo! I'd get on here. Yeah. yeah. Are you a uh, Are you a Chiefs fan? Uh, I am uh, Patrick. Okay. I don't watch them every weekend, but uh, you know I root for them when they play. Yeah, I know he's a, he's a heck of a player, man. Like, but we we got we got your cheetah from there, so we thank you for that one. That guy's an insane, Tyreek Hill. Oh but yeah. Don't, don't get me talking dolphins all the time here. So. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so what's uh, what's going on? What can I help you out with? Well, I have a list. I've been driving for dollars. Uh, I have a list of addresses. Um, I've used truepeoplesearch.com. I haven't had too much luck with that. It's a big list, um, and I don't want to just leave the list because I didn't. Uh, I wasn't able to find anyone on True People Search. Do you think I should invest in uh, in a in a paid service? So let me ask you, Omar, how long have you been doing this for? Uh, not very long. Okay. So um, do you have a car? Yes. Okay. Um, how far is the area where you need, uh, where you want to market from where you live? Uh, so I'm doing Kansas City, Kansas. Um, it's kind of the more ghetto part of Kansas City. Okay. Uh, but it's I've seen that a lot of Facebook uh, investors are uh you know aiming for that area okay a lot of distress homes so many really okay and so yeah. how are you collecting your leads uh so i'm just driving for dollars right now okay. I, I made a flyer uh it just says you know a few things like uh if you're looking for a new beginning blah 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 and i'm just kind of leaving it there okay so my only suggestion to you is hmm. i'm just going to tell you the truth the problem with the flyers, it looks very commercialized. If you stick with that sticky note and you can have them mass produced, by the way, you don't have to sit there and write them all by yourself for extremely cheap and you stick them on the doors. It just seems it's the difference between a text and an email. Do you understand what I'm saying? It works. Well, it's because we have experience of over a million like post-it notes. We've tried it every which way. I initially did door hangers uh, back in 2004 mm -hmm. and I actually had good success with it. It's just everyone stepped their game up. The, the door hangers, the minute you put a door hanger on the door, they know like everyone does it. The, the cleaning lady, the lawn guy, it's ex the realtor. It's exhausting. So we went away from that. We've gone all the way down to the little sticky note, mm. but it's a psychological thing because people like to stick sticky notes. You can vary the size of the sticky note if you want to put more on it. Mm -hmm. But you know you can go to a printer and they will actually do the self-sticky notes with you with a pre-printed message on it. And it's like really, really cheap. Mm -hmm. Okay? So okay. you're getting... How big is your list when you come back on average? Uh, 
the area I'm in has a lot of abandoned homes. So, I mean, I went one time and I collected about 50 addresses. Okay. And I have that list. I just couldn't find anyone on, on True People Search. So, I'm thinking I'm going to have to invest in a, you know, a skip tracing service. Okay. Or well, keep calling. Okay. So you can either uh, work through our link, uh, just go through freewholesaling.com. We, we teach you different various um, strategies to use in it and services that we use. So mm -hmm. Zach's, he runs the entire crew for all our uh, skip tracing, cold calling, because he's the absolute beast at doing it. But I would, I would do your sticky notes and get them out there because the idea of the sticky notes is to have a lead inbound calling to you. If you want to add that extra layer of cold calling, I love it, but I get it. Sometimes true people search just doesn't hit. Um, you got to look at it. It's like, it's like hiring like an extreme, I don't even call it part-time, like quarter-time employee. Because remember, once you have those phone numbers, you can pound them for the rest of your life. And so people complain about skip tracing, but you only pay for it once. Come over to my mailing world. It's expensive, man. And it's not for like, I don't encourage anyone to start out doing direct mail, but I have to pay every time I mail. Once you get that phone number, you're one and done. And you got about an 80% accuracy, accuracy when you do it. So, um, you're going to have to try it out. Like either way, if you're having such dismal results in true people search, um, but the thing with bulk skip tracing is you got to have some bulk with it. So you're going to have to up the volume on it because it's not worth doing 40 or 50 skip traces because it's not a lot. So hopefully you've had three or 400 already accumulated and you have a head start if you get that service because once you pay a subscription to it, there's no point in doing like 50 leads. It's just not worth it in my opinion. Like it's right. I noticed they're in packages. Yeah. So you got to kind of do your research. I'm not like Zach's the expert. He'll be on tomorrow if you want to go in that little bit more detail. But I like your driving for dollars. Just switch it with the sticky notes. It's a psychological thing. And then just try to increase your volume. Because if you can just get a small percentage of them to call you back, that scaves you all the skip tracing, all the chasing down you have to do. And then add skip tracing to do the cold calling on top of it. That one-two punch should get you somewhere. And find out if you can do bandit signs in your area. We just talked about it. I'm telling you, they work. Mm -hmm. And don't come, okay. you, and guys, don't go get custom bandit signs. Just go get white blank ones. Find a sign store that will sell them to you in bulk between 20 and 50 at a time. You can buy the steaks. You can buy them at Home Depot, cut them in half. Just get, get a bolt cutter. I know some of you guys have bolt cutters for the wrong reasons, but get it for the right reasons. And then get a black Sharpie marker at Home Depot. It's like a buck a marker and ride on there, you know. We still buy houses, like Corey said in there. Um, any condition, um, any situation, any condition, and big, big phone number on it. One side only. And put those at a couple key neighborhoods and see if you can put 10 or 15 out and see if you can get any traction with those. Okay, I have one more. I don't know if you have time. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, it's about probate. Um, I, how do you go about getting those lists? Um, like, what do you say exactly? When you call, um, like, do you call the, do you call the, I know that you can call, you know, I'm not sure who you call. Okay. Honestly, so to get let's, okay. I'm going to make this real simple for you. Um, so what you want to do, the, the most effective way, if you have no experience with probates and kind of don't know what you're talking about, which is okay. That's, that was me when I did it. I went down to my local County courthouse, found out where the probate court was. 
and I just talked to the lady at the front counter. How can I get a list of the probates without driving you nuts is literally what I said to her. And 30 minutes later, she showed me how to walk out with the list, how to pull it, how to look at it, how to find out who the PR is, if they have property. They all don't do this, by the way. It's 50-50. The difference is if you go in person, you have much higher chance of getting cooperation. When you call them on the phone, it cuts down drastically. And if you email them, they almost all will tell you no. If you go in person, you can find out if you got to physically pull it, which isn't the worst thing in the world because you don't have as much competition, or they'll tell you how to get online access, either free or paid. And if you'll just take that journey once, it will help you if you truly want to commit to doing probates. By emailing and calling, I'm just telling you, you're going to have miserable results because it's easy to say no to people on a text or an email. It's yeah, just really, really simple. I haven't had much luck. They'll tell me to request, to send a request on the county site. Yeah. So just go down to your local courthouse. All courthouses have a probate court. And then just talk to them and just be super nice. Look for clues just like you would a motivated teller. See if, if they have pictures of their family or their dog behind them. And just strike up a conversation and kiss their butt, man. I'm telling you, it works. That's yeah. why I've mastered probates. I just sat there. I'm just a regular guy. I don't know how to do probates. Explain it to me like I'm like five years old. And that's how they did it. Because I didn't know anything about probates. I didn't know what a PR was. I didn't know what an executive. I didn't even know what the errors were. I'm like, explain it to me. So many lawyers wanted to talk over my head and charge me like $1,000 to explain it. And if you go down to your courthouse, which you guys pay in some form of your taxes, just go ahead and take advantage of it. Okay. Try that. And then you keep working down the options you need to go. Okay, I've, I've, I've actually thought of just focusing on probates, just maybe stop investing my time in driving. No, I, I dude, I'm just telling you, don't stop your driving for dollars. Dude, you've just hit one minor road bump. You're going to hit more. you got to keep doing it. Because here's the reality. Probates, there are only so many leads. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's not going to be enough to keep you busy. Probates are really simple. Once you get the list, you do a simple letter. You can even do a sticky note. And you just sit around and wait. And sometimes you got to wait months. It's not enough to keep you busy. All you need is one probate to change your life. So wait for that one to come in and go out and chase the other leads. Dude, you're young. you got a lot of energy. This is right up your alley. This is what I did in my late 30s. This is what I had my, done, my son do at 16, 17. And he doesn't stop anymore with it. He just runs like crazy with it. So I'm just telling you. I like probates, but don't get lazy on them. Go, okay, if one hits, great. If not, I'll go back to my regular job. Go out and find the deals. Listen, okay. when you first start out, it's, it feels like an uphill battle. So this live I'm giving you right now is saying, listen, there's no get-rich-quick scheme. Do not chase money. Don't go from real estate to digital assets to you know uh, minting coins and all this other crap to doing Amazon FBO to the next greatest thing because you'll constantly keep chasing it. I've watched it a thousand times. Find one thing that you really like, get into it and get good and stay committed to it. And I'm telling you, if you'll just put in that first two to three years, the results will be staggering. How old are you? Uh, I'm actually 25. Dude, you're a very young man. So just if you're tired of trying a little bit of everything, dude, I tried everything till I was 33. Mm. I just said, dude, I like wholesaling. I'm just going to do exactly what I need to do and go find motivated sellers. How I got them was a whole different story. I had to figure that out on my own. There was no gurus to really help me out. 
and a lot of them sto steered me wrong. So you know exactly what to do. You've seen the countless cases. Do the probates, but probates are slow and steady. You need to go out and chase deals. You just need one person to call you back on the driving for dollars and one person to call you back on probate, and you can put 50 grand in your account. And then I'm going to teach you to do it over and over again. That's the game of wholesaling, okay? Okay. Okay, well, thank you, you got so it, much, man. Rick. Okay, thank buddy. you for everything. I'll talk to you. No problem, man. Good luck. Thank you. Okay. Okay, Donnell, you there? Yes, hello? Hey, man, how you doing? I'm all right. How you doing? Good, man. What can I help you out with? All right. Well, um, I've been cold calling for about the three. Is that my echo or yours? That's probably mine. Sorry. That's um, okay. So I've been cold calling for the last three, four months, and uh, I've pretty much been getting bombed out. So I don't know if it's, if it's me, if it's the sound of my voice, if it's, you know, my script um, or Your voice what. is fine. <laughs> Thank okay, you. Okay, so I'm just, I would tell you if there was something like crazy. So the biggest thing on, on people's voices is confidence. Okay. Like, are you fulfilling your words? Do you sound confident? Because I can't see you, which is perfect for this, this particular one-on-one. Um, -on -one. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, what kind of lists are you pulling? Um, well, right now I've been pulling probates and code violations. Um, I'm kind of in two markets. Okay. Um, the code violations is in, is in D.C. and the probates are in Maryland. Okay. So how long have you been doing this for? Um, my journey is kind of crazy. Um, I got introduced in about 2019. Okay. Um, and I've just been on and off with it. Um, I don't really want to go over the reasons, you know, I don't want to, no, you, like, you don't need to, I'm just, yeah. try, I'm trying to help you move forward. So let's just start from now. Okay. So how many leads are you working on like a given week or say a given month? Oh, uh, well right now I have, hold on, let me go. I have a total of over 300 probates. Okay. And, and like every month, like you said, I add more. Um, and that's in Maryland, and I have over about 250 violations in D.C. Um, so it's kind of I'm skip tracing, and then I call, and you know I get anxiety cold calling. So maybe it is the confidence in my voice. Um, okay, so back me up there. You say you get anxiety cold calling. What's what's the issue? Is it just before you cold call or? Yes, it's before I cold call. It's just like just for the last three, four months, I've just been getting nothing, you know, but just people bombing me out or wanting an offer right away. And okay. So let me ask you this, Danelle. Have you How much time have you spent in freewholesaling.com? And keep in mind, I can pull up your stats because that's no. the one thing. When I built the program out, I said, I want to make sure if somebody ever, if I challenge him on this, that they're actually doing their homework. So how much time have you spent in there? Um, I, I spent a, a, a good amount of time in there. Um, I'm mostly done uh, most of it. Okay. So, so when you talk about script, what is it that you're uncomfortable in your script on cold calling? Is it just the act of cold calling or the script or you do not have confidence it's, in it? Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, I, it's just my confidence. Um, okay. I, I I don't I would say I, I wouldn't say like I wouldn't have I, well I guess I would say that I don't have confidence in the script okay. cuz um, So I'm I'm going to fix you right now, okay? Mm -hmm. So like 
I, I don't want to go deep in the woods on you because like we could go on for hours. So I just yeah. want to like break down something. And here's the deal. We're on live six days a week. Jump on and get help. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, Zach does cold calling, I believe tomorrow. And then if you want to do Wednesday, he doesn't like a lot of role playing. That's a great place to start. So you can test your confidence level and decide where it's at. If he won't do okay. it with you, jump on with me on Friday. I'll do it with you. Okay. okay. That's number one. Um, number, what was the other one? At? Number two, oh, if okay. you question your Wait, confidence, yes. Danelle, if you question your confidence, uh -huh. it, it messes with you. It messes with you. So just like you got uh, your girl leaning in your ear, talking to you there, she's right next to you. <laughs> yeah. Is confidence is a funny thing because it can work against you as much as we all think we are. The minute we are our own worst enemy, you are your own competition. Nobody else. It's not me. It's not Zach. It's not any other wholesaler. It's you. You have plenty of confidence in your voice. You just got to get that crap out of your head because I'm telling you, yeah, it's it's not an issue. You're making it an issue. You you're. So many people sabotage themselves like, well, you know, I'm kind of I'm not confident with this and stuff. I'm here to tell you the minute you start having that conversations with yourself, you're done. So here's a way to fix it. This is what I do. And I still do this to this date. Even before I go on lives, I do this because I want to give you guys the best program I can possibly give you. So number one, what's your fight song? If I had to give you a fight song and you were going to go into a UFC fight or like a huge football game, what would you play five minutes before you walked out the door? Mm. probably i don't know something don't give me eye of the tiger that's an old one but like <laughs> i don't know probably like some some motivating rap music yeah, whatever it is man yeah, it's something. amazing how you can get music to get you in a state um mm -hmm. tony robbins teaches you this um and then by the way any type of upw like studies you can do on your own you probably go to z library and get his book there for free um it talks about like states you get into we are not born to be ready just to do stuff. We actually have to prepare and get psyched up to do stuff. Everybody does. Nobody just naturally goes, okay, I'm perfect today. Mm -hmm. so, I, I, so I like the UFC. I'm a little bit biased. But for those guys that get in there and just wreck their bodies and just be destroyed or potentially be knocked out or be killed, that's why they have a fight song because they know they're going in the battle. The good thing is you ain't going to die cold calling, right? Right. You might get your feelings hurt. You might get rejected. The sooner you get over that, the much easier it is. Okay. How do you get over it? Massive amounts of actions, massive amount of volume. And when you get a deal, your confidence level goes through the roof, but we have to validate it and get it there for you. So one of the cheats I do in between is like, I do it like a fight song. I know it sounds crazy, but dude, it works. I walk into some of my biggest negotiations with earphones, with my ear pods on, and I crank it up like five minutes to the car before I get out. Because I remember this moment, I can get through it. The worst case scenario, it doesn't work out, and I just go find my next deal. I want you to find your, like, your fight song and get that energy and get up for it. Before, Zach used to do cold call, and he'd sit there with his headphones on, just like screaming, cranking out. And he would sit there for four and five hours and do it. I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, you're crazy. Before the and cold I, call? Yeah, he, he'd get up, man. He'd take breaks, and then once he got into it, you couldn't get him out of it. And he loved it. But like some people, their biggest fear is the actual first few calls and they have a tough time getting through it. And that's the challenge. I hate cold calling. I don't even hide it from you, Danelle. I, I'm not a good caller. I'm not effective at it. I can do it. Right. But like I wasn't, it wasn't in, remember I started in 2003. So I'm an, I'm an old school guy. 
Now, if I had to learn and do it over, I'd sit here with a fight song all day. I have to do a certain amount of cold calls to do business, but it's 20 or 30 calls. It's not three to 400. That's a whole different mentality you have to do when you do it. Remember, when you go on the cold calls, if you call 10 people, what percentage of them are going to tell you absolutely no? What on average do you think? You know these numbers. Yeah. If I call 10 people? Yeah. Um, at least nine. At least nine. Yeah. So going into it, knowing it, it's just a disqualification process. So when you do your script, understanding, ask questions in order of importance and disqualify the idiots as soon as possible. So you save your time, you save your breath, and you don't let people beat you up that don't have the right to do it. I can't protect you from everyone, but for the most part, if they're not interested in selling the property, they're not the owner, get off the phone. It's a waste of time. Mm -hmm. okay. and so what I want you to do is tune in tomorrow when Zach does his. Okay. And then put in some questions in there, and then I'll be on Thursday, Friday. Zach will be on Wednesday. And I want you to listen to it. Think about your fight song. And if you want to do some role-playing on Friday, I don't think role-playing is really your biggest – I don't really sound a confidence issue. I think you're just kind of messing with your head because you haven't got a deal, and you're starting to question if this whole thing works. Yeah, and, and, I'm, and I'm on a hook. I'm on a hook for uh, rent, Wednesday, uh, rent for November and December. And okay. I changed up my, my, um, my why. So, I, you know, I'm just trying. I, I get it. So I find like, so here's the honest truth in wholesaling. People that have a deadline or an ex, kind of an extreme why. Like I was talking to a girl, I think it was last week. Um, she, she wanted to get her kids out of like, they were in this, like some sort of like uh, foster care or somebody else was watching her kids till she get her finances straight. And I'm like, good Lord. Like you, you're going to. Like, let me tell you, you take my kids away and say, listen, until you get a deal, you ain't getting this back. That's extreme. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like that. But paying your rent, paying your mortgage, that's real. Like, there's nothing fake about that. Like, if I don't get it done by this time, like, stuff is going to be a problem. Right. I, I, listen, anything within 30 days is a bit of a challenge. Like, because we did that 30-day challenge and people like two weeks into it, like, I got to get something in 15 days. I'm like. I can't help you. I'm so, like, I, I got to Like, I don't want to sit here and give you a false premises, but mm -hmm. I think you have a reasonable time frame. You have a very strong why you just, you just got to like get going. You're going to have to increase your volume. Like that, no matter what I say to you, I'm telling you right now, you well, have to you increase your volume. volume? Are, are you saying as in more leads, okay. you're going to have to up your prospects because if you have to get something done within 90 days, which I know you have to, more probably closer to 60, mm -hmm. you're going to have to increase your chances exponentially. The only way you can do that is by volume. That's it. It's a math game at this point. Right. You got to get out of your own head. I'm just telling you, your confidence. I don't hear it, but you're talking about it, and you have to fix that part of it. Okay. So it's. I'm not a great cold caller, but if like you, if you yeah, put that, me to my, it, that's my said, only marketing right now. It's cold calling. Okay. So can you do driving for dollars? I don't have a car at the moment. Okay. So you're doing, so let me ask you, you said Washington, D.C. How'd you wind up in that market? Well, um, in 2019, um, I, I met, I, I was pretty much bird dogging. Okay. And uh, I kind of got worked over and it made me want to go into um, off-market deals. And that's how I ended up getting into wholesaling. Okay. Did you have any success in uh, bird dogging? Yes, I did have okay. success in it. And what what was their formula? Was it cold calling or what was it? No, um, it was the on market lead. Okay, I got and, it. Yeah.
So listen, come in tomorrow. Listen to Zach when he does them because he does them raw and he lets you guys pick who he's going to call and see if you can find something there. And then if you want, I can help you with the script and the confidence part, but like the leads, Washington, D.C. is, dude, that's a challenging market. I'll just yeah. tell you that up front. Like yeah. I'm not even going to lie to you on that one. That's, that's like straight up tough because it's, mm -hmm. it's very, very high dollar amounts, very small areas, and you got to pick the right market. So obviously and, you have intimate knowledge of where to go over there. Yes, and, and I mean, that's where I'm originally from. Okay. Yeah. So you know the neighborhoods, and you can get help if you had to have somebody look at it. So where are you residing? Uh, in Maryland and um, okay. Montgomery so County. I, I like Maryland a little bit better just because I know a lot of people have had success over there. So, mm -hmm. um, listen, it's you just you got to find the list you want to work and you got to cold call like a madman and just say, listen, I don't care how many dials it gets. I got to get a deal. I got to get my rent paid. I got to get stuff squared away. And you got to get that deal more importantly for like for your confidence. But you have to act as if you already like, OK, I can get this done because cold calling the root of it is to get yourself kicked in for 95 percent of the time it's just the truth and if you can't get past that it's brutal okay it is challenging i mean i've watched people make ten thousand calls and i get a deal and they just look at me like what am i doing wrong i'm like sometimes it is a numbers game i hate to tell you this it yeah, truly I, is a number game i have a i have a um appointment um with the dc probate court on thursday okay yeah so i'm going to pull some probate leads from there thursday okay well, um, do that and think of any other list that you can easily access. Mm -hmm. um, you know, any type of the government list. I know it's a little bit of a challenge not being right there in the backyard, but you need to find a list with the highest motivation. Um, obviously, if you can get any type of code violations, fire damage properties, probates, which we've already talked about, um, any type of pre-foreclosures or anything. The good news is the market's changing, but it doesn't matter as a wholesaler. The market can be way up here, can be way down there. It doesn't make a difference for us because we are, we are basically taking properties for what we can make on it now. So if real estate on average is dropping like 1% a month, don't quote me on that, but that seems to be the national average. It doesn't, so if it drops 1% or 2% while you're working on a longer probate deal, it's not that big of a deal. So don't let anybody talk you out of like the type of markets based on what's going on. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. So you have familiarity with them. I, the only advice I can give you honestly is you just got to find, if you have an expiration date, which you do, you got to find a way to put more leads in the pipeline. More leads means more opportunity. And honestly, the more cold calls you got, Donald, you, the better you become. Okay. You have to go to the attitude. The more calls I make, the better I am at this. It's not the worst you are. It's the better you are because the more people you hear, there's nothing people can throw at, throw at you on a cold call after the first hundred. You've heard it all. You know there's only five or six objections anyone can ever give you. Mm -hmm. The problem with cold call, it's got a seven one that's called F you, I'm getting off the phone. And uh, that's just part of the business. You know how it works. So um, tune in tomorrow. Zach's going to do the uh, live cold calling. And then chime in and then check in with me by Friday and let's see if we can make some progress with it. So awesome. um, you guys got to keep your head up and keep grinding, man. It's just a weird, weird world we live in. Cold calling, I give you all the props because it is the fastest way to get a deal, but it is one of the most challenging ways. It takes a special type of personality to do it. And I give you all the credit. Well, you're not giving yourself enough credit for even um, doing this route. So you're not going to try it. You're going to do it. My only suggestion is increase your volume. And then we'll just 
we'll piece it together and you put it together together by this Friday, okay? Awesome. Okay, man. You All got right. it, Danelle. Keep it going. All right. Thank you. Okay. Okay, guys, I think I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, hopefully it's helped you guys. Remember the basics of wholesaling. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme. It doesn't matter if you pay someone to do it for free. You have to go through the journey. Keep it super simple. Keep your ego out of it. And remember, you are in the business of locating motivated seller. And if you don't do that, you do not have a business. Guys, go out there, find the deals, make it happen. Zach will be on tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see you guys then. Go out and get a deal.